0: israel they were pretty close to going into the promised land but moses was instructed to remind them of everything that god had done for them moses was supposed to pass in review and to tell them to retell the story because when they first started the journey out in the wilderness many of those who were now ready to go into the promised land they were children they were very young, and so they had not really experienced what their parents had. They, had not, they may have seen God's miracles, but perhaps at the, a young age, they had not yet understood the depth and the meaning of all of that. And So Moses was charged to share with them, to retell the story of God's miracles, of God's deliverance, bringing them out of the land of Egypt. Now that they are going to go to possess the land that the Lord has set aside for them, that the Lord has promised for them, they were told firstly to destroy every idol that they would find their way. To destroy every carved image. image, To destroy everything that belonged to the nations that they were going to dispossess. They uh, They were not to leave anything standing, any religious object, Anything that would remind anyone of the religion and of the practices of the people who lived in that land. was supposed to be left standing had to be destroyed. They were to destroy every altar. Whether altar in the high mountains or in the, on the hills or under the trees. They were supposed to destroy all of them. They were not supposed to worship God using the same altars that those nations used to worship their gods. And all of that because their worship must be different. Their worship was for the great God and creator. And so they were supposed to make the difference clear. And so again and again the Lord would repeat those words. You are holy. You have been set aside. You are mine. Do not mix uh, your worship with the worship of the other nations. Do not worship their idols. You are different. You are set aside. And they were supposed to to prize that reality. They were supposed to understand that they had been called by God Himself to be His people. Now they could not consider themselves God's property and deal with that casually. They were to see that with respect, with reverence. They were to understand the importance of this calling. Being a part of God's people was no and is no small thing. God had always been faithful on His side of the contract. God had always been faithful in everything He had promised. But God wanted to draw their attention to the sacredness of this relationship. To the sacredness of their relationship with God. So God is saying, you must destroy all of that. And particularly in the texts that we read this morning. This was in the beginning of chapter 12. In the text we read this morning, God also says that they were not supposed to follow those who had been destroyed. You should, when you come into that land that you were going to dispossess, you're not, you not supposed to follow the people whom you're going to dispossess. You're not supposed to follow those who are going to be destroyed. So, they were not supposed to try to revive that which had been destroyed. They were not supposed to have any ties with those people's practices. They're not supposed to try to bring back the life... That which had been destroyed. This is what the word of the Lord meant to the people of Israel then. So that they would be clear about that. that once upon entering the, the, the promised land. They were to have no ties whatsoever with any religious practice. Of the people who occupied the land before. They were to destroy everything and never again to inquire about those idols. Never again to inquire about those religious practices. Never again try to bring back to life that which had been destroyed. And what does that word mean to us today? I wonder if any of us may be trying to revive things that have been destroyed already. I wonder if today we are trying to go back to practices that... We had already relinquished. I wonder if today we're not making clear the difference between what is holy and what is not. Maybe spending too much time in contact with that which has already been destroyed. Spending time with with things that are already decomposing. And they stink. And we spend time around that. Spending time in things that look so appealing, so attracting. Only in the beginning. But then in the end, as the Bible says, they lead you to hurt yourself. And then the Lord says that they were not supposed to ask certain questions. They were not supposed to ask certain questions. Well, there's a story of a four-year-old boy you may have heard the story. He was one day with his mom outside. They were in their uh, grandmother's house. And he was outside in the back in the patio. And they were uh, enjoying the sunshine and having some uh, lemonade and cookies. And all of a sudden little Nathan started to get upset. Because there was a bee buzzing around the table. And his mother came up to him and, and tried to calm him and say, uh, You don't have to be afraid of the bee. You know, I, I'm going to tell you something. The bee is actually much more afraid of you than you are of him. The bee is so tiny. Look at, sh- at how big you are compared to, compared to the bee. So you don't have to fear him. And besides all of that, if the bee were to really sting you, he would lose his stinger. His stinger would fall and he would die. And so little, little Nathan, four-year-old, looking at his mom, considered that for a while. And said, that's good to know mom, but I wonder if the bee knows all of that. (laughs) Well, that's a good question. That's a very perceptive question. But often we fail in life because we're asking the wrong questions. You know, when you were young in school, you probably heard your teacher or someone else say, there are no dumb questions. Right? Is that how we say in English? There are no dumb questions, yes. Uh, No stupid questions. Uh, Maybe in that context. But I think there are dumb questions. There are questions you should not ask. There are, pardon, but there are stupid questions you should not ask. That's what God is talking about here. And we fail many times in our spiritual life because we ask those questions we ask those wrong questions we ask the wrong people and then we got we get wrong answers we get the answers that we should not supposed to get we are not supposed to get so the lord told the people of israel to never inquire about other gods never inquire about those people who would worship their gods And believe me, they did all kinds of detestable things, those people. The Bible says that they even sacrificed their children, their own children. They would put on the altar and sacrifice them. But the Lord says, you, you're not going to do that. You are not supposed to do that. You ought not to do that because you are mine. You are different. You're special. You're not going to go around asking those questions. And you're not going to go around asking wrong questions to wrong people. And I'm saying this, not that I'm condemning anyone. But I'm saying this because there is only one source of truth. And there is only one source of truth where you can go to and search for answers. You know, you look at some people's lifestyles. You look at their lifestyles and you think, "I I want that for me as well. You look at people making lots of money. Lots of quick money by questionable methods. And you think, maybe there is a way I can do that as well and still get away with it. No, don't ask that. That's a wrong question. You want nothing to do with that. Or maybe you're a student, you're in school, and you're jealous of your friends. Because you look at your friends and you, and you think, oh, they have so much more freedom than I have. My parents seem too overbearing. My grandparents are always on top of me. They don't allow me to do certain things. They, they forbid me from doing things. And you look at your friends and you think, oh, they have a life. In fact, they have freedom. If I had 50% of their freedom, I would be happier, much happier. Well, let me tell you, my friend, that's a wrong question. Don't ask that question. You should actually be thankful that you have someone who looks after you. You you have someone who watches over you. Thank God for that. Someone said that if you ask the wrong question, you're going to get the wrong answer. Guaranteed. And so here is what happens. God is saying, don't ever ask those questions. Don't ever inquire after their gods. Don't ever ask them how it was that they worshipped their gods because when you ask the wrong questions god is not going to answer that because he has already set out his principles here he has already set out his standards and when you ask you ask one of those wrong questions guess who steps in to answer the devil does that and sa- and then you get all sorts of you know all sorts of uh, insights that are coming actually from the devil and not from god You get all sorts of suggestions and so don't ask those questions don't go don't go after that and on top of that one of the most popular wrong questions that are is asked today one of the most popular wrong questions that are asked today is what's wrong with that well Uh, maybe it is clearly forbidden in the Bible and that's what's wrong with that and maybe it's not clearly spelled out in the Bible but it's not a matter of whether or not it's forbidden in the Bible because you will not find every situation described in the Bible but it's about the motives of your heart it's about the end result and so don't ask those questions don't ask what's wrong with that Or ask yourself rather, will this be harmful to me? Will this be harmful to my health? Will that that stir up impure thoughts? Will that stir up impure desires in my mind? Will this cause me to be detached from God? Or will that honor God in any way? Would Jesus do that? So even if there is no apparent harm... God says, be careful to observe everything I command. Do not add to it. Do not take away from it. But do exactly everything that I have commanded you. Now there are some people who maybe are not members of this church. People who are not members of God's church yet. And they may ask, is Christianity actually for me? I'm not too sure whether Christianity is for me or not. I'm, good. I'm a good person. I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good student. I'm a hard worker. And the church, by the way, seems to be a place where there are too many rules that are enforced. And those rules seem to be there in place only to restrict my freedom. But you see, God showed His wisdom When he made clear that there must be a distinction between the clean and the unclean. There must be. There is a distinction between the holy and the unholy. There is a distinction between the sacred and the profane. There is a distinction between that which is common and that which is special. And so this concept is highlighted in the Bible in every aspect of life. Because God... Really, really wants you to stand out. God really wants you not to think like everyone else does. You can be different. You can stand out. God wants your reasoning to be of a higher order than other people. God wants to see you move on to a higher plane and have higher thoughts and stand out on higher ground. That's what Christianity is all about. That's what a relationship with God is all about. It's about moving beyond what is common. Moving beyond what is uh, profane. And moving into something that is holy. That is sacred. Something that is special in your relationship with God. And so this is my call for you today. This is my appeal for you today. If you're willing to... To stop asking those questions. If you're willing to stop asking the questions. That everybody else does. Everybody else asks. And you focus on what the Lord has established in the Bible. When he says. Be careful to observe everything that I commanded you. Do not add to it. But do not take away from it either. Follow everything I have commanded. And if this is your desire. I'd like to invite you to. Uh, to stand for a prayer. But don't just stand because the person next to you is standing. You are not obligated to stand. But if you want to take a stand with the Lord. If you want to say yes. I want to make clear that in my life the distinction between the holy and the unholy is clear. I want to make sure that I'm standing out. And I'm not going along with the masses. And I'm not being driven by what everybody else thinks. But I want to stand out, I want to have this higher perspective in life. I want to know more about God's plan and God's perspective, because God says in the Bible that my ways are higher than your ways. And you want to go onto that holy and higher ground. If this is your desire, if it is if it is your desire to leave behind the things that are pulling you down, but rather take a stand with the Lord. I ask you to please stand as I offer, as I will offer this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, that you and your holy angels, as they see and they witness your children standing up at this moment, I will humbly ask, Lord, that you may honor. Our desire to serve you better. That Lord we you may help us and strengthen us. That in such a way that our decision will not be something that is just temporary. But Lord that we may take a stand for you. And when where we have failed Lord may be mixing that which is holy with the unholy. The sacred with the profane. I ask, Lord, that you, make, uh, you may help us make this distinction clear. And we, Lord, may leave behind those, those questions that uh, do not lead us anywhere closer to you. That we may stop asking those questions, Lord, and focus on what thus saith the Lord. Help us, Lord, focus and be careful to observe everything you have commanded. Everything, Lord, that will uh, keep us safe. That will keep us protected, guarded. And everything, Lord, that will, will make people look at us and see that there is something different. There is a distinction. That when they see us, they see our behavior, they see how we live. They may glorify you and they may want to know more about you. And Lord, I especially appeal... And I especially ask you that you may look over those who are not yet members of this community of faith. Maybe there are people here today, Lord, who are struggling with the decision. who are not decided yet that they want to join this church through baptism. And so, Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit may move and touch their hearts. That they may also, Lord, say, I want to be a part of God's people. I want to join God's church. I want along with others to take this stand and be firm through the end. Lord, you have always been faithful. And as your angels witness these decisions, I ask that you may help us to follow up with them and follow up with our commitment to you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, I ask these things. Amen. Amen.